Hi and welcome to another episode of One and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. How are you guys going? Okay. Hey, good mates. We're uh, just talking about a visit to Dr. Little at Terrigal, mate. So, you know, it brings back fond memories. Yeah, All right. So uh, let's start with uh, Meg. What's your wine this week? Uh, who, who lost last week? No, actually, we could, we didn't do it because... Didn't last week, out of respect. For Nick. In yep. competition. I bought a bottle of Marseille this week. What? It's a Savannah Marsan. Is it Californian wine? No. Oh. What is a Marsan? It's a white wine. Oh, really? It's, it's a Marsan Marceau. <laughs> it's similar, like wax on wax off. It's similar to a um, similar to a Chardonnay, but it's a little bit oakier. Oh, wow. Oh, more wood. Can't get enough. Oaky slash perry. Oh, well, let's, we're going to see. We're going to see. Sure. Show us a what did it write? What did it write? What did it write? Hey, we'll wait and see. Oh, I'm telling. Marcel. Marcel. Okay. All right. Good to know. Marcel. Good story. Rousseau, what would you get from the garage this week, son? Special <laughs> from the garage. I've got a, uh, it's called a Banamagoo. Oh, Banamagoo. It's Banamagu. a Maji wine. Maji, that's Maji. it. Yeah, it's well, a, you're disqualified because we've had it before. Seriously, if I can get disqualified for all the wines we've had before, no, you know, no, 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 I wouldn't no. be able to find a wine we haven't had. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but which Seriously? one, though? Which have one? you had the exact same one? Yeah, I did, because I bought a few of them. This is from the cellar, so I've had it in there for a while. Oh, so, okay. We, we, we have had it before, ages ago. Um, but, mate, it doesn't rate high on Vivino, so I'm not too fast. It's a nice wine. I'm going to enjoy it. Oh, what I didn't even try. What type of wine was it, Chris? It's a Cab Sap, 2016 Cab Sap. Wow, nice. My brother likes that winery. Yeah, it's not it's a nice winery. It's a it's a little bit different to most cap saps, a little bit more fruity than most cap saps, but it's a it's a full body bodied wine, which is a nice, nice, nice part of Mudgy. What did Thomas? you bring, Cam? No, Thomas. Oh, he's going uh, to Jeff Merrill Reserve Cap Sav 2013 for this week. Um 2013. Probably probably the winner for the week. Under $50. 2013, under $50. Yeah. And so the wine has got uh, uh, grapes from two uh, uh, regions. So the McLaren Vale has got 53%, and the rest is coming from Kunawara. So we will see. Um, I, I, I've been told to be uh, to pay attention to Cam this week because apparently his is a killer. So we will see. All right. That was mine. How about you, man? Well, I, if I don't win anything else this week, I win the uh, best name competition because I have a 2017 Slurpy Puppy. Yeah. <laughs> from uh, Pirate Crew Wines. It's a GSM, a Grenache Shiraz Matano. It's from the Barossa Valley. And I actually found it by accident. They're, they're a small independent seller who the... Uh, the guy at Oldfield Cellars in West Gosford was quite high on, but I actually found it by accident because I'd been through all the premium shells 
trying to beat you guys. And I had four wines up on the counter ready to buy. And then I thought, ah, shit. Apparently I owe you pricks a bottle of wine for losing three weeks in a row. So I went to the, I went to the cheap shelves as I should. And uh, I thought, oh, that's got a cool label and it's called Slurpy Puppy. So I'll get him a bottle of that. And then I uh, took the photo and got it on Vivino and you guys are dead in the water. I guarantee, I guarantee I've got the highest score for 20 bucks in Australian rugby league history. So it comes from the Barossa Valley. Um, yeah, only a very small winery. They only do about 2,000 cases a year. And uh, I reckon after today, they're going to have more than the 400 followers they got on Instagram because it. Yeah, which, 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 by the way, uh, reminds me, we're probably going to be advertising it a bit uh, later on on our Wine and Wisdom Facebook. But Keys Wine, Keys, uh, K I E S Wines, they, uh, yes. they have kindly uh, sponsored us with a few bottles. And so we are going to be drinking their wine next week. So, two of the wines that we are going to be drinking is going to be this one here, who's won uh, quite a few awards. So that's the Merlot they have, the monkey nut tree. So it's a monkey nut tree. <laughs> and then the other one is the Shaft Mill Capsav. All right. 2015. So that's going to be something pretty good for us to try next week. The people who want to try with us, well, get yourself ready. Uh, you can order. And they they send you one bottle, sixteen bottle doesn't matter. They send you the bottles. All right. Okay. Can we have the ratings, please? Uh, I'm I'm still waiting, man. I'm still waiting. Um, chances are, uh, they, your, have more, it's going to take them a bit more time to make sure that there's no cheating. So it's it's checking. There was no cheating. I promise. So, we'll, um, so what, what's happening? So what's happening this week, mate? Uh, by, by the way, uh, let, let's start with uh, this uh, thing, Chris. Your dad's funeral last week, Nick's, who loves his McWilliams red. Now, how how was it? Because the church was empty on one side. They they wanted to make sure that was just for the people who were probably working, but you guys were on the other side. So, how yeah. how different did it feel like you were the funeral? Uh, it did. It did. We, it very much felt like we're at the da at dad's funeral. Um, it it did feel um, very strange. Very um very unusual to what we're used to i mean when we when we buried mum we had a huge church and um, their local church had standing room only there would have been a 350 odd people there for mum's funeral some of you guys were there to support me on that day and um dad's would have been the same but uh it was just very unfortunate um that we couldn't do it that way and the beautiful thing was that the funeral home was very, um, very accommodating, very accommodating to our requirements, uh, very um, uh, empathetic to not only the fact that we had lost someone, the fact that we couldn't have support around us and so forth. So, yeah, very different, a difficult time, but very difficult, very different. Um, but we made, we made the most of a, of a, of a difficult situation. Well, we haven't cheersed our wine, so let's have another cheers to Nick. Yeah, we cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers to you, Chris. Thanks, guys. So I've been I've been pretty busy this week with a lot of um, things on the internet and uh, all of our programs. 
So who's been following the news? What's what's the goal? Are we oh, are we, 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 are we at a thousand yet? Yeah, we did. We beat it today. Well done, everybody. <laughs> 1,029 cases. You've outdone yourself, New Australia, New South Wales. New South Wales. That's why we'll always beat Queensland in the state of origin. <coughs> I'm a little bit, actually, I'm a little it's bit... Sad. It's sad, man. It's sad. I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed. We spoke, um, we spoke last week about what's going on in Afghanistan, and it, it just shows how quickly the news cycle works that... Uh, it's no longer we've we've only been seven days and it's no longer front of mind, front of uh, newspaper, front of anything. You can yeah. obviously find news about it, but I noticed the other day when we were watching one of the news channels that it was buried forty minutes deep, and I, I think that's a shame. And I think um, it's not it's something that needs to be in people's minds because it's horrific what's going on over there and horrific what the leaders have done. Um, I, I want to. Big shout out to my friend Gladys today for giving us our well-earned present for 6 million vaccinations, which is uh, from September 13th. If you're double vaccinated, you'll be able to go within five kilometres of your own home and hang out in a park with four other people who are double vaccinated. So thank you so much. We really appreciate everything you've done for us. I'd just like to give you the well wishes of all of New South Wales and say Thank you so much, Premier. You've done such a great job. Um, and uh, apart, hasn't been a lot else in the news that I've seen, guys. Oh, well, then what What have you got, Chris? Oh, look, going on, if we're going to talk about COVID, we'll stick on there for a while. But I didn't even mention this, COVID, mate. Oh, the lockdown. There's a lockdown, the COVID. Well, you did. The cases have come out a thousand and what was it, 48, Cam? You know the figure dead on and. You know, like like your uh, calorie count. Um, <laughs> we break a thousand. <laughs> um, Get in there. The thing I think we have, I think a lot of us neglect to realise is the amount of people that are actually going to hospital per day uh, that with positive COVID tests that need need care. Um, the hospitals are taking in on average forty people a day. I know for a fact that RPA has opened up four separate wards just for COVID patients. Um, and a lot of those hospitals, the staff are actually even, uh, they're finding it hard, hard to staff those hospitals. So now we've got our frontline workers not only working with COVID patients, but they're working extra shifts and long shifts and so forth. Even paramedics working, you know, 16, 17 hour shifts to, to meet the demand of what's happening within um, with, with this pandemic. Um, I heard yesterday, and it was third-party information, so we can fact-check it and see if it's true, but someone with a connection to Westmead Hospitals told me that Westmead had declared a, an internal emergency, which is reserved for the times that they're running out of beds, um, and that had happened the day before. So so two days ago in Westmead, they were running out of beds for, for patients in general. So This time last year, RPA was running one ward um, I think sometimes they got up to one and a half wards for COVID patients. They're now running four. Uh, from what I understand, it's fairly first-hand information. Um, from what I understand, they're running four wards of, for COVID patients. Uh, these wards previously were empty, so they've never had the staff to man these wards. Now, I mean, they've had the beds and obviously um, the infrastructure, but not the staffing. So on, on top of that, to compound the fact that you've got staff members that have to take time off because if they've had a a, a a positive test now they've gotten to go themselves into isolation and so forth 
So that's it's pretty hard. I mean, just for these frontline workers, they're being spread very thin. And I think um, the quality of care for general um, hospitalizations are going to thin out because you can't have that many staff um, being run all over the place and giving the level of care that's needed. Yeah, well, this kind, this kind of talk, we, we, I think we're going to reserve it to our Stig. We're going to have our Stig up uh, on uh, a bit later on. He can talk to okay. us a little bit about this. But I, I want to talk a little bit about the, um, maybe not, I don't like the word mental health because it means you know, there's something wrong with this, you know. But the one of the things I noticed with um, many of our staff is how they're not talking about it, they're not saying it, but they're starting to run down a little bit, you know. Uh, working home from home sometimes alone uh, sometimes they're also worried and, and anxious because their children screaming and and wanting to have a bit of their attention because they can't really uh, uh, be looked after or entertained with school and I, I I just don't know I think that we are we are forgetting that those people who are working I've done a bit of training this last week and one of the biggest things that I said to these guys, and it's a simple thing, but it, it doesn't really happen naturally, is was that I said to them, listen, guys, you're going to have to dress as if you were going to work. You're coming on the training with me, and it, you, you got a T-shirt. I mean, one even turned up with one of those things. What is it? How do you call it? You know, there's no... England, mate. Yes, no, no sleeves, you know? And and I'm thinking, mate, you, you can't just get on and do training with a singlet. We in sales. That's good if you're going to go to the gym. Right. And then so people are still not getting all that kind of help that if, if you're going to be working from home, make sure that, that your sanity is right. And to make sure your sanity right is right. Ladies, do your hair up. I mean, look like look like you're going to visit a client because you will feel and think like a professional. And that's a really good start because in the end, it's all mental. It's a coincidence that this week. Well, since we last spoke, Lifeline had its highest uh, number of calls in its 57-year history. And you say it's something we're forgetting in our business. I think it's something we're forgetting in the entire scheme of everything that's going on. It's been one of the biggest things that for all this vaccination, anti-vaccination, pro-lockdown, anti-lockdown shit that we're going on with, we're forgetting the effect it's having on people. And um, it, it's it, it's more than just getting dressed for work there's it's a great tip if you if you're working from home get dressed for work but it's so much more than that um there's parents struggling with homeschooling kids there's there's people struggling and being in the same company as other people for as long as i have been um to have in 57 years at to break the record for the number cause and they didn't just break it i don't have the numbers so i don't want to quote numbers but they broke it by a long way by a long way we're, in, we're digging a hole for ourselves. It's going to take quite some time to get out of. Yeah. What are we doing for those around us then to be checking in on people at the moment? Like, what are we on this screen doing for our our teams, our family, our friends to check well, in on them? Well, apart from the problem with the lockdown is, apart from a phone call and apart from a Zoom, there's very little you can do. I mean, the the, the present we got today that people who are only people who are vaccinated can hang out with themselves as long as they're only five kilometers from home. I mean, that's not fucking helping anybody. I can't, I can't go and see my mum. 
Uh, to answer your question, Megan, uh, the people who are watching this, we're not helping them. So the people who are not watching this, we actually were helping them. So because stop <laughs> <laughs> watching, feel better about yourself. We, 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 we say that we're about wine and wisdom, but we're actually about wine and no wisdom. Yeah, we but just... if we're going to sit here and talk about depressing stuff, then. <laughs> We're just depressing people that are watching it. So. Yeah, no, no, no. So, no. so I, think, I think it's not about depressing people. I think it's about helping. For example, one, one, one of the things that I have done is I spoke to a, a, a friend of mine. I spoke to his son because he, he had a bit of trouble with his son. So via Zoom, I took the time to sit down and talk to, to the, the, the kid. And so I, I think... People are forgetting that, you know, Zoom is actually allowing us to do some of those things that, okay, we used to do it before where we would sit down with a kid, maybe, uh, you know, on a lounge, but we can still do these kind of things. But people need to reach out. We just read rule number three of, of a book by Jordan Peterson. And, and really, there's two things. First of all, uh, the, the person who's helping, uh, you're going to have to ask yourself, why are those people in that kind of trouble before you help? Okay, but the, the other side is sometimes the other person, do they want help? And so that's that's the bit that people need to be doing. So we, we can't listen. We can help a lot of people, but we don't know who is in trouble. I, I, we still don't have that crystal ball. I, I, I've ordered one. Everyone at Wine and Wisdom will be receiving a crystal ball very soon. Oh. So we will know very soon which street in which suburb someone is in trouble but it's not even that the purpose i think of what we're doing is to raise that consciousness even in our own little group that the person who's working alongside you may not say much but they have troubles and so are you making that phone call just to find out a little bit about them are you making sure that someone in your team is talking to them you know this I, I see I hear people who are asking for time off or saying to their leader oh man I need to work from home because I'm a bit scared of going to the area because and and all they get is no you can't be you have to go work this is how it's gonna be because I'm losing money and I'm thinking it's not about you it's about them they've got some fear they it's not their fault is if all day long the news is bombarding them with crap and they getting it what is it that you're doing at work in order to do this? What we're doing here is to raise that consciousness, but that shouldn't stop here. It's what about people who are listening to this, telling others? Yeah. That's what's going to change. I think that's the point, Meg. Like we can sit here and talk positive stuff all day. There's a lot of positive stuff going on, the Paralympics and whatever else, but a lot of the people that listen to this or watch this list, watch this, God bless their souls, um, have pretty strong opinions about what's going on in the world. Unless we keep mentioning the fact that there are actually people struggling and creating that awareness, there isn't going to be any change. You know? Oh, I'm not, Look, I, I agree there's people struggling 100%. People, I don't disagree with that at all. No, I know, but you're saying by talking about depressing topics, we're depressing people further. No, we're creating an awareness, right? So I'm saying like if we're going to talk about the things that people are struggling with, what can the people that are struggling, like what can... We do they do for themselves or what can we do for them to help them? They can reach out, but the, the problem is all the do-gooders and all the people that want to help are, are too inclined to just, and I say want to help, to write a status on Facebook saying, if anyone needs to talk, I'm here, because that, that clears their conscience for 
are you okay today and the rest? We need to be checking in with people. We need to be asking hard questions and uncomfortable questions. It's not easy to really ask someone if they're okay. It's like, oh, how are you doing? Is not asking someone, are you really okay? Yeah. And that's the bit that people are missing. That's the bit, you know, there's, there's so much... So much struggle out there. Oh, oh, we're still employed. We're yeah, still yeah. employed. Yeah. No, but the little things that we're doing, for example, last week I sent my staff um, a, a pack of fruit. A, what is it? A gift, a, a gift wrap, a, a basket of fruit. Some had wine, some don't drink, so we didn't have to put wine in it. And and so it's just a you know, and, and, and I think that these are some of the little things that maybe you can do. Uh, yeah. But you have to ask yourself the question, are we doing this? Well, I, I see a lot of uh, business owners for the moment. What are they interested in? Things like, oh, man, uh, I've got my staff working from home. I, I'm not sure they're working. How do I how do I check that they work? I mean, what kind of question have you got? If you have to question whether your team's working, you got the wrong team with you. And from the book that we just read, chapter three, rule number three, if you're asking that question, chances are you actually not doing much. And because you're not doing much, the world is your reflection. You now have to see in the world what it is that is happening in you. How about we check if people are okay before we check if people are working? You know, in, in my circle of friends, and we're lucky that a lot of our friends aren't too far from our doorstep. It, I mean, it's funny, the kids, all the kids have got into a habit of making cupcakes and cookies for each other, and we're dropping off the occasional meal. A friend sent me a hamper last week with a bottle of wine and some chocolates after Dad passed away and so forth. And those little things, they just make that little spark of, you know, happiness in the day for a lot of people. It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot to get the kids together and cook some cookies or some cupcakes or whatever, or bake a meal that you're good at and drop it off at someone's door. They, they might like it, they might not, but it's, as long as it might bring a smile to their face. We had a friend. Thing. We had a friend. Yeah, we had a friend during the week. We Crystal had finally decided to cook me steak, which is a rare occurrence in the Wilson household. But cook I yourself your steak, you bludger. I didn't get my steak because someone knocked on the door and here comes this feast from Red Rooster, chicken and peas and, and everything else because one of, one of Crystal's friends had, had known that she'd been sick for the week and that we were doing it. Yeah, I, I think that the community it's in themselves can do a lot of things, Megan, because we, we're talking about like help and, and I think it's obviously subject of today, but a lot of people can do a lot of things, you know. Um, I mean, I, I was very, uh, before the hard lockdown, uh, I was very fortunate, but uh, uh, Monica, one of our staff, jumped in, in the car and drove to our place to give me my, my, my present. It was, was from the team and it was so nice. And uh, a few weeks later, they, they went, no, you can't do this anymore. And, and, and I think, you know, even I just read here that the twins made brownies to give to neighbors. I, I think you have to do a minimum uh, without expecting anything in return. A lot of Absolutely. people are doing it for, for likes or for, no, do something it's without expectation. I, I am sick and tired of people exploiting help for business purpose. You need to just do it for the sake of doing it. I mean, how many of us really have gone to the restaurant in our area and said, hey, listen, guys, why don't we just put your business uh, together and let's let's organize a letterbox drop 
or, or I've got a channel and, and we, we can get that happening so that uh, the entire neighborhood, uh, the uh, one day uh, each week is buying from, from you guys, you know, to help your business go and, and turn. I mean, what is it we're doing? I, I'm not so sure. People are asking for a lot of things. And then along, on the other hand, you have idiots who are sitting and spending most of their time complaining about the vaccination and the COVID lockdown and all that stuff. I think they're idiots. Uh, right? Fight! You're going to fight. Hey, the, the Beastie Boys, the Beastie Boys, you're too old to know who the Beastie Boys are, but the Beastie Boys had a song that their favourite lyric was, you got to fight for your right to party. Right. We're going to fight for our right to party, people. We're going to fight. I, I don't think that... Make, make, and this is this is probably something that you wanted to make as a point, but in a very diplomatic way. Is you can't stop the people like Ken. He he's about he's about we we have to fight for our right, and 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 I'm okay with this. We have to fight for our right, but that's going to start getting a lot of people uh, their nose out of joint because right now I'm start to see already people saying to real estate agents, if unless you're vaccinated, don't come to my place. Yeah, that's, that, that's part of the fight for your right, mate. We all hung on. We all hung on tenter hooks, and Channel Nine had Gladys on on Wednesday and said we've got a live announcement. She's going to give us our present, our present for being good people and getting vaccinated. You did it already, mate. No, yes, but then she said no. You know what she did on Wednesday? She said I've got a great announcement. I'll tell you on Thursday or Friday, right? It's not about me fighting for anything that's not. We're, we're hanging on to these things, and today it comes out she's going to let people who are double vaccinated, which is bugger all people, even the even the compliant citizens who have gone and got one shot, they're still a month off getting their second shot. So our reward is anyone who's double vaccinated, which is bugger all people, gets to talk to other people, gets to talk to other people who are double vaccinated. You have to fight for your right. It's not about me. We, you know, we had a conversation before, Thomas, where we know for us to carry on with our lives, we're going to have to get vaccinated. That's just a fact. Is it a good fact, though? God, no. We know that if we ever want to visit a pub or a relative or anyone again, we have to get vaccinated because the people that are telling us we have to, they've made the rules. That's not a good place to be in. It's but that's it's not something to be celebrated. I agree with you, mate. I agree with you, but never in my lifetime has a hospital have four wards dedicated to one disease. That's all right, mate. But the, the, that's the, the issue, mate. The restrictions. I'm not look. The restrictions that are being put on us. We joked today. Am, am I going to need a vaccine passport to go and have a barbecue at Thomas's house? Yes. Yes. No, I no, no you don't have to because By the you law. just come through the creek. You just come through the creek and you stay down the creek. By the law. This isn't freedom. This isn't we have to do what we've got to do. We've all got to bond together for the greater good because we all bonded together to get six million jabs and what did we get out of it? Fuck all, right? We got nothing out of it. The regional lockdown got extended for another 10 days. Everyone who thought, oh, the Central Coast is a region now. We're not locked in with Greater Sydney. Congratulations. We're still locked down until bloody the start of September. Countdown, man. 
Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah, the way you're going, you're probably going to die from a heart attack before COVID gets to you, mate. My wife wants to get vaccinated. My wife wants to get vaccinated. She can't get vaccinated because she's too healthy. I jump on there and say, blah, 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 blah. They go, you're not qualified. So then I lied and said, I'm fat and I've got a blood pressure issue. All of a sudden I qualify and I can get vaccinated. Because you are fat. You've, yeah, you've I am fat. No, but, <laughs> no. We all have to get vaccinated. You're not, you're not fat. can't do it. You're not fat. You're fine. Ah, I'm obese. I'm morbidly obese for the for this purpose of getting Pfizer so I can talk to another human being again. All right. So now, you see, you've got an outlet. Every week, you can come up here and speak up your mind. But how many people don't have that? And this is no one. You gonna you? I I think this is why I'm 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 very happy. You're holding the mic for them. Okay. So you speaking for that side. Me, I'm going. I'm a law-abiding citizen. Okay. I I have a look at what the government's trying to do, and I'm cool with what they're trying to do. I know also that the 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 jab is doesn't have those kind of consequences you're thinking and by the way they're not injecting any kind of microchip to know where you are or to control you there's none of that happening and by the way there is no third arm starting to grow off my chest none of that's happening okay so but the biggest thing that you need to do is to then be respectful for the, for the people who are going to say things like you're not vaccinated don't come in because we're scared why and if I think that that's the bit that is getting lost out of this. And I'm trying to make sure our group is getting that. Is It's okay to disagree. It, in, on every issue, we're going to disagree. There are people still today who believe we never landed on the moon. There are still people today who believe that the earth is really flat. There's plenty of believers of everything, right? And there's guys behind those kind of ventures who are making money out of that. those beliefs. It's cool. But we need to do it you in a way. Yeah. What's more dangerous is I'm walking into houses every day where the people are saying you can take your mask off because I'm vaccinated and it doesn't matter. That is way more dangerous because we know vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get COVID and doesn't mean you can't die. Right. So that that is the danger of what's going on. And that is the stuff that I rail so hard against. It's not about microchips and all that sort of stuff. That's not what I'm about. It's about the people are being led down a path with beliefs that just aren't true. How can someone say to me, you don't have to wear a mask because I'm double vaccinated when we know for a fact that you can still get COVID when you're vaccinated? The chances are, though, Kev, if you're vaccinated and you do catch COVID, the severity is 200 times less severe, mate. That's and all right. The only, the only time when it's usually um, like someone has a fatality after they've been double vaccinated is when they're extremely old. And that's the only cases at the moment. So those that's are people right. who are dying at 30, 20, 30, 40. Um, those lives could have been saved. They're not um, dying from yes. COVID, brother. Sorry? They're not dying from COVID, mate. Well, They had it. So, Meg, what are you doing to help your neighbourhood? Heaps of stuff. All right, tell me. Tell, tell us. Tell <laughs> us. Yeah, because I can see we got not going to go anywhere here. This is, <laughs> yeah, this kind of war is, is, is like... 
it's like talking about religion now, right? Politics, religion, all that kind of stuff, and COVID. So what are we doing? Turn the wine into water. Water yeah. and the wine. Let's go. Wine in the bubblers. No, like it, just trying to do stuff within the limits of what we're allowed to. Like, you know, you're out the front and you see your neighbour having a chat to them, you know, from across the street or whatever. Um, like within our street, there's lots of kids. Mr Whippy came through last week and even he said, like, I'm just, I'm driving around, I'm just trying to put smiles on people's faces. And we literally had like probably not um, like against the law at the moment, but there was probably about 15 kids, like three or four parents. Everyone was hovering around this Mr. Whippy van because it was like, you know, you could hear him coming around and all the kids were so excited. And um, that was a really nice thing. And I, I don't know, I think it's just about like, yeah, there's people that are like, I don't disagree with all of the things that Cam's saying because it's, everyone is confused. I think the general consensus from the people that I'm talking to is that they're confused about life. They're confused about the vaccine. They're confused about lockdown and when it's going to end and all of the rest of it. And people are, people are just doing what they need to do to get by at the moment. Um, you know, there's lots of people that have, have never had to spend as much time with their family as what they are right now. And I just, I don't know. I, I think it's more about, less about actually wallowing in the fact of the drama and the negativity that's in the news and more about looking at, okay, I understand that there's people that aren't going to get vaccinated. I understand there's people that are and personal choice, totally up to you. Doesn't matter either way what you do. But aside from that, how do we keep people's morale up? How do we keep people having a bit of fun? Like I've got like mum and dad are away. I've mentioned it before, but every time they travel from one place to a different place, they upload a video of themselves singing a song and it's, you know, funny lyrics about where they're going and what they've been doing. And that's something simple that they're doing to kind of entertain people back home. Another friend has just started. Can you get them, can you get them up on this channel for them to sing a song for us? Yeah, I'll get them on. Yeah, yeah well, well probably, maybe you should. Another friend's just started updating like a, a Carl Barron ripoff on Facebook where you like, you know, it's the same person, but you're having a conversation with yourself and it's just a quirky joke. Oh, yeah, I'm not, not, not sure. I think that that one is sick. <laughs> <laughs> there's a condition for that. <laughs> but every, everyone's doing their bit. Like there's, I know a few businesses around here that do like, you know, cupcakes or they do um, grazing boxes or macarons, whatever. And all of them are run off their feet with people literally like just trying to share the love, like people trying to make someone's birthday special or trying to cheer someone's day up just because we're in lockdown. They have never been so busy. Like normally they might be busy, but now they're, they're taking orders. Like this one site that I went on, I thought, oh yeah, that's a cool thing. I might just go on and order some of these like donut things. She's like 10 days in advance with orders. You can't, I can't get a delivery off her for two weeks. And normally you could just walk into her shop and buy them where you could get them easily the next day. So I think there's a lot of people out there doing good for each other and, and genu genuinely trying to like help their friends and their community out. Yeah. Yeah. No, Mags, in your, in your team, you're, you're a part of quite a large team. I know that your team, they, they, you Zoom every day, is it? Is it, it's a Zoom every morning? Yeah, nine o'clock every day we do a Zoom with the whole team. So there's like 50 odd faces on the screen um, each day. Is that, 
is that only for like setting production for the day or is it more of a welfare check for the team that early of a morning? Yeah, it's just um, at the start of like lockdown, it's, it sort of was more about just, well, it was a bit of everything, but it was around the grounds of results, like where the sales team's at, where the property management team's at, marketing, all of that. Um, but now it's become a bit of a, like just a social thing. We've got like each day, someone different has to bring a, a video clip that motivates them. And it could be like a typical motivation speech, or it just could be something totally left of field. Like one of the girls the other day just brought this video. It was of her and her sisters just always scaring her mum. So they'd have like their phone out and they just jump out and like scare their mum doing all this stuff. And um, so that was really funny. I love scaring people. I reckon it's so funny, but anyway. Yeah, it's just like, we're just, we're trying to just mix it up all the time. Like we've, today I started a, just a 10 questions for the person that brought the video. So it was like, you know, what'd you have for breakfast today? And what's something that you're scared of? Um, where's somewhere interesting that you've traveled to? Just like random questions that just keep, I don't know, it's it's more about just trying to keep people feeling like they're part of something bigger because we are all apart at the moment. Um, some of us uh, some of us are in the office here or there, but for the most part, people are separate. And it's just trying to keep that feeling of connection and community while while it's not there. Yeah. This why, is why, just... why are we forced to doing certain things with her to try and, you know, achieve oh. something positive, you know? This has yeah. just come across the news desk. Here you go. From Domain. House prices to jump over 20% within future with future growth next year per ANZ Bank. Discuss. Yeah, that was one that I heard of a few weeks ago. Actually, they projected that the real estate market, like prices were going to go up 20% between now and the end of 2020. What are we in? The end of 2022. So within the next 18 months, we we're going to see a 20% increase on prices. Right. So that's the headline. Thank you. But what do we think? It's not, what do we, it's not what do we think. I mean, because what do we think is we, we, we're just gambling. Yeah, well, it's gambling. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go against it. I'm against. I'm going to let. No, no, no. So let's let's have a, a two panel. We, we have a panel for against and a panel for four. So who's going to go for the four? So, so okay, Chris and, and Meg. So, why do you think it's gonna happen? No, I don't Thomas and Meg. How about that? So, so, so you're gonna go for four or against? No, I'm for against, man. Oh, you go for against. All right, I'm gonna go for them the four. All right, then Meg and I, we're gonna go for the four. Let's have a look. Well, look at the last, the, the last lockdown. What happened after last lockdown? It all went up. Why? Because people had plenty of money. They're not spending anything. They're not going anywhere. They can't even go to. Actually, if you want to go to Queensland, apparently now it's best to go overseas and then from there you enter Queensland. So there's no way that you can really travel or do anything, which means you've got surplus of money. That means you can buy things. Okay. So against, people's wages aren't going up. And for every person that says they're ready to sell now, there's two people that say they're waiting until after COVID. What that means is a flood of properties are going to come on the market. When there's more properties on the market, prices go down not up. The price can't go another 20%. It's gone 30% this year, which means another 20, we're 50% in a year and a half. I'm a business owner. I haven't paid my people 50% more than they were earning a year ago. Loans can't keep going up. More properties on the market. Prices down, not up. Okay. I don't necessarily think they're going to go up by 20. 
I think no, 20, they... I think twenty is a big number, but I think I definitely think it's going up. It is going up, but in the next twelve months. The question was, is it yeah. going up twenty percent in the next twelve months? You're on the four team. Yeah, I'm on the four team. It's going up by twenty percent in the next twelve months. Not, I don't know how much. I don't have a crystal ball. Well, we like, like, like I said, ANZ got 50-50 chance. So, so Megan and I, we're on a panel to say that it's going to go up by 20%. Right, Megan. It's going to go up by 20%. Why? Wait, because... When, when do you think interest rates are going to drop? They're, they're not. Up, they're going up. Okay. The, I don't believe they're going up either. They already have. No, uh, but... ANZ's increased their minimum rate to above 2%. Sorry, Westpac, yeah, not ANZ. Marginally, though. Like, we're still... Oh, well, I'd way, rather my loan at 1.989 than 2 point something. Well, still- I agree with Megan. To get back to 3%, we need seven interest rate rises, which is unlikely to happen. But the question is, the ANZ bag's just coming out and said prices are going to go another 20% in the next 12 months. Not going to happen. Not possible to happen. Can't happen. <laughs> You would have said the same thing 12 months ago when we first went into lockdown and there was no inquiry coming in the door. There was no way you would have said we were sitting here right now with the prices the way they are. Market was pretty good this time 12 months ago. No, that's not true. You call me almost in tears, man, and panicking, man. No, no, no. Market changed. (laughs) They're talking 18 months, though. They're talking end of 2022. It can't go up another 20%. It can't. Chris, help me, Eddie. You would have said the same thing this time last year. In the week. short term, we're not going up. I think in the long term, we will. I think in the long term, a no, lot of us... The question is the next 12 months. Stop okay, saying it. No, no, no. So where else are people going to spend their money then? Yeah, but how much they're more money can they get? Year. Last year, the government was handing it out. They're not handing it out like they were last year. I'm talking... JobKeeper, job seeker, job sit on your ass and do nothing. Okay, no. yeah. I mean, you're getting money for dick. Yeah, so if you went for a loan last year, they looked at JobKeeper, job seeker, didn't even take it into consideration. It got taken out of the equation and they looked at your actual income. We're talking 20%, Megan, which means your areas have now caught up to our areas, which means an average house is going to cost you $800,000. 20% means hundred and sixty thousand dollars on top of that mm-hmm. people's wages aren't going up it's well documented that wage growth isn't happening so loans can't just get bigger because wage they just can't just, wage growth just did happen though first of july just went up award wages yes they did for real estate agents mm-hmm. no for politicians <laughs> <laughs> Politicians have never changed. They only head in one direction. You want to invest in anything, invest in a politician. Can we buy a share in a politician? Go on to sports bet. You can bet on a lot of other things. You guys have not given me one compelling argument how the market can possibly go another 20% in the next we, we, we told you. We told you. It only is going to take another two months of lockdown. That means a lot, lot more money in surplus. That's going to be invested. Listen. Australians love properties. Australians believe that property is going to be the gate to freedom. So why should I sell my house now instead of in 12 months' time when it's going to be 20% uh, better off? Well, if you can sell now and rent, you'll see. You'll make money. Yeah, I've got to buy in at 20% uh, dearer price, according to you guys. Buy now and then you can sell in in, uh, next year. No, but why would I sell now? 
what what I what I I, I think that you know th this is this is why the reason we did this exercise is to say that it's a non-stop thing. Okay, here is the thing: when interest rates start to go higher, and yes, Cameron, when wage is not following, but interest rates start to go higher, we won, Chris. What is going to happen? That I think that that's the that's the bit. But right right now, in the next twelve months, probably that you know we we don't know, and and. Remember, if we were running a business like a bank, aren't we, we in the business of trying to sell the rates that we want to sell today? Because what, what rates are we trying to sell? We're going to try and sell either a uh, fixed rate or there was a time, do you remember, when they scared people so much and they got a bucket loads of people just fixing their rates? Banks are businesses. They oh, know how to use the media and get us to think a certain ways. And this is what people need to really understand. Now, when it comes to uh, investment, there's always good investment at, at any point in time. And there's, there's going to be people who are going to make, make money now for buying a house now. And there's going to be people who are going to make money when the market is going to start going down. That's part of the deal. You'll right? never lose in property. And we had, we, we had a... But that is not correct. That is not correct. The oh, people who bought in 1989 and were selling around 1993 were losing money. After four or five years, it was still below what they bought for. Because interest rate hit 17%. I'm not going to say it's going to go there. right? And that just went nuts for people. And I still remember being in West Penn Hills, going into houses in 1993, 1994, and telling people the value of their home is actually below what they bought it for in 1989. So short-term strategy, never a safe strategy. But long-term, you'll never lose on property because yep. people who bought in 1989 are now godzillionaires. We, we, had a, we, we had a bet, or not a bet, but we did a podcast just before Christmas last year on what we thought was going to happen with the market. And I think two of us, two out of the three thought the market was going to keep going and two out of the three were right. I'm just going to say it was Thomas and I and not Chris. And we're about to come into, we're nearly at September where the election cycles start. So that means that they're not going to let the, anything happen to the property market. But to do another 20% on top of the 30 that's already been done, it is, it is possible. I haven't, I haven't got this the money, bro. I think, I think it's possible. Do you know, Cam, you just said it. This here is an election year coming up. It is. And, I, and what it means is there's going to be a lot of lies and there's going to be a lot of promises. Okay? And that's how it's going to happen. And that's part of the deal. Anyway, I'm trying to reach now our Stig because we, we want the Stig to uh, come up and uh, talk to us. So let's have a look. Hello. Hi, the Stig. Hi, How are you going? Very well. Very well. And how is everyone there? Uh, good to hear awesome. from you, Jeff. I've missed you, mate. I, I, I couldn't wait to hear from you again. How are you, buddy? Well, I know that's Cam. <laughs> and I a slight touch of cynicism in your voice. No, it, yeah, it's just jealousy, mate. He, he, he will never be called the Stig. <laughs> Right. And so there's a little bit of jealousy. And remember, we're calling you now the Stig after Top Gear's uh, superstar driver, right? So he's all dressed in white. Nobody will ever know who he is. 
but but his ability to drive kills everyone who presented in Top Gear. And so it's the same thing for you. Nobody will know really your identity, but your knowledge when it comes to COVID and whatever is happening around here is uh, you can put to the four of us together will never equal you. That's all. So you are Steve. Well, let me add 10 cents to the um, property. You know, I, I was just um, looking at a couple of things myself, and yeah, look, the property market has. I actually heard this that the over the last ten years, um, the property has grown ten percent above the ten-year linear average. Now, that's that's quite remarkable. It's in the last year, but in the last year, it's actually grown at eighteen um, percent. I was just re reading through some, and that was according to Domain. You must live in a poor suburb, mate, because we've grown thirty percent in Melbourne. Sydney and Melbourne. Sydney and Melbourne. Um, the other thing which is interesting is that um, I, I also look at you know the cost of money, and the cost of money at the moment is incredibly cheap. So that's why people will be going out investing. Call and money the Christianola. Too, the economy. You know, I, I, I do have a lot of empathy for a lot of the small businesses that are really hurting and going bust. Yeah. But the overall economy is booming. Um, you know, you just look at the simple stock exchange, the all ordinaries. It's 10 points above its highest before the COVID plunge. So that's people there who can afford It's going very well. Yeah, the people who can afford stocks and the the simple companies like Harvey Norman and the rest who are making billions of dollars of profit every year during lockdown, it's a very simplistic view to say that the economy is booming when people who are trying to keep a cafe afloat or keep a restaurant afloat or Correct. keep a car afloat. And that's why, that's why I premised it by saying uh, about the small businesses that's suffering. Well, and the small businesses are what keep the country because the small businesses can't afford new televisions from Harvey Norman if they've gone out of business. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All I'm doing is just pointing out some basic facts. All right, so the the um, the stick, what, what do you know about uh, COVID this week that we don't know? Well, I really like um, Chris's perspective on it actually. Aha. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, well, of course, you're a smart guy. Very, very enlightened. You've never tasted one. So, so what is his perspective that you're talking about? The, the hospital beds? Well, you know, um, well, Cam was right about the numbers, and yeah, well, um, he only repeated what, what he heard this morning. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Can Google. Boost, you know, I'm trying to boost his. Is it ego? Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my lover. Sorry. Jeff, you have been the one. It's like filling a full bucket. But look. I need to find a new circle of friends. I did actually speak to a couple of clinicians this week, and they highlighted that hospitals, and I even mentioned it last week that, you know, RPA set up a new ward. Um, in relation to um, the COVID. Um, I've also um, was advised even yesterday that um, the emergency departments are just 
in many hospitals are out of control, especially in the hot sites. You know, the Blacktown, Nepeans, and uh, Westmead. And, um, yeah, and it was announced on the news that um, uh, Westmead has enacted the disaster planning process. Mm. The, um, what they've done is that they've set up small... Um, oh, what demountables. Right. Um, just like they do at the schools. And they've set up these demountables to try and stop people going in there because they want to sort of um, push them through another thoroughfare, keep them isolated. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, that, look, um, hospitals are really struggling, and you can see it in their voices, you can see it in their um, expressions and their thoughts. They're, you know, um, a good colleague of mine is like it's been working 16-hour days for the last year. And um, it's just ridiculous, the current mm. workload that um, some of the clinicians are under. And, you know, this also goes for lots of the ancillary staff, the paramedical staff and so forth. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, are they being rewarded for the 16 hours a day? Or because if they listen to Wine and Wisdom, just tell them that uh, Cam is on it just to stir a little bit of uh, negative thinking. He, he he's, a, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Okay, but so... But he, the, his idea is just there for us to stir a little of this because, you know, in, in the well, end, Cam, Cam is commercial. Well, what I tried to do, and I thought to myself, I'm not going to baffle with numbers and, and that sort of thing. I think you've articulated, articulated it quite well. But so, I came number one in year eight maths, so I don't need to baffle. Sorry, what was that, Cam? No, no, Cam no. number one in year eight maths, so you can't baffle me with numbers, all right? Well, yeah, but he only went to school to year eight. That's what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what I did, I, I, I decided to actually try and investigate the philosophy behind anti-vax. Yeah. And um, so I went to a couple of different um, major scientific sort of sites that actually are evidence-based. And um, unfortunately, I could only couldn't find anything. <laughs> so then I decided to go to my other sources of information. And of course, you know, I, I went to YouTube and I went to, um, I then went up to um, a little bit of Google. And then I also went up and uh, looked at the Mullumbimby local newspaper. Good things I, happening I in Mullumbimby at the moment. But um, I think one of the one of the key things that are coming from this, and I think this is a, a great failure of most of the governments, and um, I think it's confusion in the communication that we've had, and that puts a lot of fear in a lot of people. Um, there's been a lot of mixed messages about the different vaccines. There's been a lot of, you know, you even talked about man on the moon, the conspiracies associated with yeah. that. Yeah. And um, I think that. Where, and it's also been quite politicised as well. Mm. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the real dramas that are creating the lockdowns, they're unbearable. Um, and I have great empathy for so many people in lockdown. And, you know, I'm in lockdown myself. But um, it's it's been very tough on so many people. And it's it's for people... Um, are struggling, and yeah. we really need to embrace that. Yeah. And so what's I, the answer, I though, heard from each one of you saying that you're doing something positive in the community. 
No, no, we, we're only saying it. None of us doing anything positive for the community. Yeah, we're, we're this is walking wisdom, mate. <laughs> you, uh, you, Jeff, you don't want to expect too much from us. Right? We're just talking about it. Well, no, there's always got to be action that follows. But here's the thing, Jeff. I haven't agreed with That's you. That's for the next episode, mate. I haven't agreed with you once yet, Jeff, until you just spoke. The reason I'll be lumped in with the anti-vaxxers is because I don't believe that when a government comes out and says one day no one under 60 should be taking this vaccine and the next day, literally the next day, they come out and say it's okay for your kids, that that's a, that's a way of enveloping trust in the community and something we should just follow blindly. So you've been, you've been pretty strong on everyone should get vaccinated and everyone should just do their thing. But what's your solution to the, the mixed messaging? What, what, how do you, uh, it, it, the stick is not there to offer solution, right? Unless he oh. wants to, but uh, let me tell you, uh, Jeff, you've got high collection up there that we don't know. And uh, why don't you just offer the, this uh, solution that um, uh, as of a certain date, anyone who goes to hospital for COVID, well, it's, it, it's at their own cost. And, and if uh, they have family, if their family member goes to hospital and they didn't get the vaccine, it's at their own cost. I think that that will save the rest of our population a lot of money. And that will give the people who've got the choice. Well, if you got COVID and you didn't believe in vaccination, well, stay at home and uh, try and get through. Don't go and, and waste our time at the hospital unless it is at your own cost. Don't answer oh, no. that, Jeff. No, no, don't answer that, Jeff. <laughs> Does the, stop, does the vaccine stop you going to hospital, Thomas? Hmm? Does the vaccine stop you going to hospital? No, but because I'm vaccinated, I, I, I hospital, no problem, then it will be taken uh, yes. by Medicare and by Bupa. Megan, what do you reckon? Jeff? Yeah, Megan doesn't say much because Megan doesn't like this issue. You see, Megan is the angel in our uh, One Wisdom podcast. Uh, you are now the stick, meaning you are our brain. She's our heart. Then we have three idiots. That's how Thomas, it goes. No, Thomas just asked you a stupid question. I want to hear Megan's answer to it because what happens if someone who's vaccinated goes to hospital, you goose? What was the question? <laughs> what, what, what was the question? He was asking poor Jeff, poor Jeff, Jeff, who I get along with every week and agree with everything he says. You're full of shit. Now hospital beds are getting filled up with people who aren't vaccinated. What do you say to someone who gets sick and has to go to hospital because they got COVID? No, you catch they, COVID even if you're vaccinated. They would That's take, the point. They would take yeah, but, but it can, but if you if you are vaccinated. Most likely you won't end up in hospital. That's Most likely. But what about the poor people who still do? Well, there's still a percentage of... of well, mate, they got con they didn't get they didn't get the real vaccination. Well, like in India, they got water, mate. They no, could okay. expect it. <laughs> 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 okay, all right. So, the thing. One last question before we let you go. Joe Biden, out of 10. Fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> well... I think it's a significant um, improvement factor based on the previous one. <laughs> You're blaming somebody else, Jeff. Is that what we're doing here? No, well, I think he's much better than what, what we had before. Oh, I can tell by the way he left all those people. Trump was very divisive. Yeah, okay. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I think that's where, you know, some of the problems that we have here today, that we're so divisive on our 
um, state borders. We're divisive on our control mechanisms. We're divisive in our communication. Um, and I think that's where they're very singular or focused only on themselves. They're not focused on a, on a bigger picture. So it's okay that he's left a lot of his people in Afghanistan. Well, you, feel, you still haven't rated him, Joe Biden, out of 10, 10 being like, he's a god. Uh, look, no, he's, a, he's, a, he's about a seven. He's about seven. Does he You're get seven. Joe Biden a seven? What's a seven? <laughs> Eight is good, six is bad, seven is nothing. <laughs> what would you, what would you <laughs> say if you're not allowed to say seven? Hey, 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 hey. You can't, you can't question the guys. You can't question the stick. The stick gave us the number. That's it. The stick said seven. Next week we will ask the stick about somebody else. But so between you and me, they're not listening. What would you rate uh, Cam uh, versus Biden? Above seven or below? I'm rating the same as Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Stig. We talk to you next week. Hi. Yeah. Oh, well, listen, the stick never lies. We know that. Okay. The stick borrowed the same fence paling that Kristen Oll has been sitting <laughs> the on. Stick, listen, the oh, stick never oh, lies. Mr. Wilson, that's an old one to come and do. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen, you need to be positive about this, Cameron, because the, the only way is up from here. When the stick gives you a rating uh, equal to Donald Trump, the, you can only go up from here. Mate, at least it, your outlook is you can be Prime Minister. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> oh. hey, can I just ask you, because you, uh, being the opposite sex, do you think it is harder for women right now to be at home with their husband? or? If you're Chris, Crystal Wilson, it is. <laughs> we're going to get Facebook going on fire right now. But uh, She's our top fan, baby. She knows how hard it is to be with the big dog. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> doesn't need a crystal ball. He's just got a crystal. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that you've been married to Crystal. Listen, you won the lottery, but I, I think that somewhere she lost or she's paying for oh, the, the, uh, the, the previous life. This is a part where you've got to look deeper into people's issues. Why do they need help? What what? Ah, what have they repeat. What it's, it's, have they it's, done exact, in the it's exactly what we just read, right? In in oh, uh, Jordan exactly Peterson, right. right. she Jordan. I mean, Anna at the bottom said, you know, you always end up in life marrying the wrong person. Yeah, well, hey, well done. But in in, in your business, case, in your case, even though it's wrong, you won the lottery, man. In business as in life, my friend. <laughs> All right, going back to Megan. Going back to Megan, do you think uh, it is easier for because now ladies can actually get to know their men and therefore they they actually can access more that feminine side of theirs and nah, nah, um, no. Well, the thing is, like, we're both still working, and then golf is still apparently an essential reason. Yeah. To leave the house. So. I'm probably seeing less of my husband at the moment than more. Lucky him. I mean, Which, sorry, lucky you. It's a, it's probably a very good thing, I've got to be honest. Um, but I, I do know from, like, people that I've been speaking to that have had their husbands at home and stuff have said it's pretty challenging because they're not used to being around each other so much. And then if the kids are there as well, like, on day in, day out, it's 
they're learning a whole new way of living because they're so used to getting up, getting ready, going to work, dropping the kids off to school, um, coming home. And then there's, you know, soccer training, netball training, dancing, there's, you know, dinners with friends, there's catching up on the weekend, there's all the stuff that we would normally do. So it's like before it was probably more of a passing kind of a thing where you see each other and it's a high and a buy and yeah. do bits and pieces together. Um, whereas over the last eight or however many weeks, nine weeks it's been, they're literally doing like every single thing with each other. And one of the girls from work posted in our, um, in one of our chats and it was like, when I married my husband, I didn't realize that he breathed so annoyingly or something like that. <laughs> like I, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like, it just made me laugh so hard because it was like, yeah, it was just so real. Like, I don't think it's one gender or the other has it harder. Yeah. The Hopefully our wives are not really watching this, but uh, are there any days when you want to kill your husband? <laughs> Didn't need lockdown for that. <laughs> <laughs> On a serious... On a, on a serious note with this topic, I, as a real estate agent, I've never been out to more divorces than I've ever been out to since lockdown was announced two years ago. Yeah. And, so why, 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 do you think, why do you think that is? Well, I think it is because when you get they married... they breathe so annoyingly. Yeah. Clearly. You, you, don't, you don't marry... When you get married to someone, you expect life to be the way it is with a few variances, but you never marry someone expecting to spend 24 hours a day with people and when you spend 24 hours a day with someone things are going to get on your nerves so on a on a positive outlook i think it's important that people listening who are getting fed up with their spouses to realize that this isn't the way it was meant to be and maybe you're just feeling that way because you're spending 24 hours with someone as opposed to two like the 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 it's not a small difference. Like if I look at my work life with my kids and my wife, I'm used to seeing, I always use, I see my kids for half an hour a day. If that, if that, yeah. Right. They go to bed at seven o'clock. So if I'm home after seven o'clock, gone. My wife, I see when I wake up and when I go to bed and if she's not already in bed, then that's time. So it's, it's underestimated the effect of people spending so much time with each other, but the awareness needs to be created that, hang on, maybe I'm feeling a bit frustrated because of this. And then you can come up with ways to overcome it. You can't just jump straight to DEFCON 5 and say, righto, the marriage is over and righto, this is, this is it. I can't be friends with this person anymore. It's just that you've been forced into spending more time with someone that, you weren't used to a stranger. Uh, well, in some cases, if we're used to seeing someone for like, even when we're courting, like when you're dating somebody, you see them for a couple of hours. Yeah, I mean, when she was, I saw photos of you and and, and with Crystal when you were dating, and you were half the size. She's probably going like half the size. On. I ate. I ate the bloke. Where is he? Is he hiding behind this wall? I mean, no, I, I, I get it. But I ate the bloke. I ate the bloke <laughs> that you were dating. <laughs> so. <laughs> So hey, listen. Uh, mates. Okay, so so now hey, let's reverse the question, boys. You ever felt like killing your wife? Not killing. 
Then what? Just disabling. You know what? This is the way I look at it. it just it, just it, it, taking one leg out so she stays in the kitchen where she should be. <laughs> Brave man, you're a brave man. I hope she comes behind you in a minute. Listen, man, after listen, Cam, you're gonna have to really think man. after this podcast, you're going back to your normal life. You understand? You're in lockdown, mate. We're taking listen, you need way more than the course of your life. I'm safe, I'm safe because we're taking the smoke detectors out of the roof, so we're good. Anytime Crystal's cooking, I'm safe. <laughs> Chris, you were about to say something from the heart. So go. Yeah, look, I, I think if your marriage is in trouble now, it was in trouble before. I, I honestly think for myself, my marriage has never been stronger through through COVID. We've had more time to talk, sort of connect a little bit better. We're we're taking walks one on one, you know, for a coffee and so forth. I, I honestly believe if you like we said, if we're not working on our business, if we're not working on ourselves, our mindset, it, it comes down to our relationships as well. If if you're in trouble now, you're in trouble before. It's just amplified it. If you're in, if you're good before, you're good now. It's just amplified it. And I think you need to take advantage of that. It's way. a big call, Chris O, because Chapter Three Mate. says if you realise you're in trouble before, then you need to do something about it. So, Cameron. Listen, you're going to have to understand this uh, about this podcast. Right? Yes, sir. What we're doing is fun. I just read the comment, dead man talking. That is not funny. You I didn't write that. Uh, no, it's not. It's no, not you. It's your wife. <laughs> it's your wife writing this. Meaning, go light on this shit because this shit does not matter. What happens after this, it will matter a lot. I've saved her a couple of glasses. We'll be good. We'll be all right. <laughs> Make sure you pass the glasses under the door before you get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think it's I think it's important, guys, because it's it's not about me and the jokes with my wife and our wives. But oh, this is have a look at the salesman recovering here. The jokes with my no, wife. how it good is. that is. Such well positioned sales line. I've been out to way too many divorces to sell their houses. Way yeah. too many. Who's going to sell your house? People my age, people <laughs> my age, people older, people younger. Kim, I think those are people had issues before COVID. Hundred percent amplified before this, mate. If your marriage was strong before this, I think it's strong now. I think if it's if you've got issues now, you had issues before, and I honestly believe that, mate. Yeah, but the issues are. I like, that, I like that line. I like that line because my wife keeps on complaining that I'm. She's him is no more and more, and now I'm gonna use that line. I was snoring before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use that shit on me. That doesn't work. It was there. The problems are undoubtedly there, but the willing, the willingness to work on them might not have been. And that's and that's a that's a problem. That's a totally different conversation. No, it's not a different right? conversation, mate, because it's marriages in lockdown. It's relationships in lockdown. No, but what I'm saying to you, each mate, other. When you're only seeing so what I'm saying to you is, mate, is people willing to work through those issues and not just go divorce is fucking easy. Let's just do divorce. Mate, it's I've been trying to work, work out issues with hanging out with you and it's becoming harder and harder since the podcast went from fortnightly to weekly. I'm just going to say, right? <laughs> so it's the same thing. Everything is magnified because we've been forced into a situation where... We've, we're hanging out with people for a lot longer than we ever fuck, 
we ever the communication's with. the key, mate. If they're having issues in their marriage, they need to be talking to each other, not just waiting till it gets to a point where this volcano is going to erupt and go, fucking, that's it, the relationship's over. You need to be talking to before that. No, that's that's, what, anyway, look, that's what I'm saying, but I don't disagree with the uh, fact that the fact that COVID's... Guys, we, we're coming close to the end, and uh, I think, Cam, that there's a little bit of... Uh, 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 upselling you need to do because I'm I'm reading the comment. It's not looking good. Okay. So you you might you need to use the next five minutes really to say a lot of good shit about uh, uh, you know. All right. You've got nothing to do with my marriage. Crystal, go. I'm very happy in my marriage and the mm. way that I don't care if the smoke detectors go off because I know I'm getting a nice charcoaly <laughs> with my steak. <laughs> You've got to you've got to understand that to cook a steak properly, you need to sear it to the start till it smokes, and then you just cook the middle slowly. So I understand that. What I hope for as a humanity, I hope for as a what I hope for as a humanity that we're more aware of the fact that we might be more frustrated with somebody is because we're hanging out with them more than we ever planned to when we married. No, I'm not talking about my marriage. My wife is glad that she's got a stud. <laughs> a stud like me as nothing's changed since the time we got married i got tattoos yeah, yeah. and all and i'm glad we removed the smoke detectors from my house because the the emergency services have nothing better it's to not do so loud anymore and uh, <laughs> it's not so loud i'd, I'd love yeah. to eat my dinner <laughs> I'd just love to eat my dinner without the bloody RFS turning up at my doorstep, but that's okay. That's okay because we're in COVID and we're in lockdown. <laughs> These are the things that happen. All right? Crystal so can come to my house anytime she likes and she can cook me whatever she likes for dinner and I won't even complain. Because you haven't got smoke detectors. You'll be fine. All right? <laughs> oh, I still love it. Hey, listen, he's lying. All right? I've been to his place many times. Never ever have I heard the smoke detector doing anything. Excuse me, talk about a lie. Okay? So this proves it to me that most anti-vaxxers will tell you a lot of crap in order to improve their point. Okay? They will just concoct any kind of story in order to make you believe whatever it takes. Yes, Meg. Cam isn't an anti-vaxxer. Cam no. just hasn't Cam just doesn't know enough about the vaccine. That's all. No, Ken told me the other day. Ken told me the other day that he's very scared that Skoma would know exactly where he's at and where everything he's doing because it's actually they All not. That metal in his body in that it's, a chip, it's a chip that they're putting through the uh, the blood. I'm not anti vaccine. I've taken a lot of vaccines. I'm anti the way that we're not going to be able to leave our front door without it. That's what I'm anti. Mm. All right. All right. Girls, boys, what a great week. I always love talking to you. You guys, hey guys. Kill, kill my COVID. Thank you very much. Talk soon. Hey, actually, before you go, remember, next week, it's our Keys Wines. Right? Uh, yes. K-I-E-S. Wines, yes. And also, actually, Megan, before we leave, you have arranged for a winemaker to join us at some stage. Yeah. So we've got a winemaker. He'll be joining us. Not yeah, I heard he's half Belgian, so he's only half good. And half but French. The other half is French. That's going to really that, that that's not so good. So <laughs> so the half Belgian. I want I want him to turn up with the full Belgian. All right, not not the French side. <laughs> 
I'll let him know. I'll so so he, he's a winemaker? Yep, he's a winemaker by trade. Um, he's worked at a lot of big wineries. So what he used to do was basically like follow the winemaking season. So he'd do like three months in the Hunter Valley and then he'd do um, three months in France. Um, I can't remember the other places that he did. He did tell me, but basically like 12 months of the year, he'd just travel around and, and do winemaking. So he's worked at like small boutique wineries. He's worked at massive production wineries. Um, and yeah, he's going to join us. We're going to do reds, so we'll do. Two We're going to do. Is that what you like? Is that your favorite wine? Um, no, she's a Moscato drinker. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm asking you. Out of the white or, or or red, which one do you prefer? Because he can still change his mind. Um, I used to always prefer white. I would say at the moment I'm sway I'm swaying more towards the red. No. Okay. All right then. then Megan, you, you tell him. You tell him this. J'adore mon rouge. Oh shit! Say, right. say it again. I said to you before to try and teach you some French words, and you said no. Say j'adore, j'adore mon rouge. J'adore mon rouge. That's it. Just say that to him. J'adore. I I I adore my red. Okay. Oh, I love. I, so j'adore mon mon rouge. J'adore mon rouge. Yes! Yeah. J'adore mon rouge. Okay? Oh, got it. Okay. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Love you so much. Best people in this COVID lockdown time. Can't wait for lockdown to finish. I can get rid of Talk to you soon. <laughs>